like beer? Beer. Do you like rock and roll? I'm allergic to penicillin. Do you like drunk Australian? Beer. Do you like interviews with bands exploring facets of entertainers' lives best left to the imagination and possibly not presented on a radio show? I don't know where this is going. Jump on rogueintel.com forward slash remedial. dangerous to go alone so take this another episode of the powerful nerdcast hello my friends i'm cory and join with me is christian and it is e3 week Woo! that is right all these brand new cool games from xbox one playstation 4 pc and wii u have just been announced and we're going to talk about all of those the games we liked the games we didn't like all in today's show. We also have another big surprise. A big announcement was just uh, had about like an hour ago. One of our favorite anime franchises is about to be turned into a live-action film, and I'm not talking about Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, no. That was just announced two weeks ago. But, uh, Christian, I'm going to hold off on that one because you don't know about yeah, it yet. Yeah, I, so I can't and wait I'm to not going to Google uh, it. I'm not going to Google it. Mm-mm. I can't wait to see what you're going to have to say about it. It's pretty ridiculous. But first, let's just go ahead and jump into E3 this week, which has just been insane. It has been a roller coaster of ridiculousness, and a lot of brand new VR technology has been showing up. A lot of classic franchises have returned. There's some sequels. There's some new IPs. There's a brand new Legend of Zelda game, which is blowing my mind. I almost can't contain my excitement, and I know that my wallet is just going to kick my ass in 2017 <laughs> because I'm just going to have to buy all of these cool new systems including some brand new vr technology but uh let's just go ahead and talk about our uh, general thoughts about what we thought about this year's e3 conference and maybe just start talking about some of our favorite games christian i'm gonna go ahead and let you start okay so some of my favorite games have got to be the new battlefield one because uh i'm a huge fan of battlefield i mean i jumped on the battlefield train back when it was the world war ii games before it was cool before it was cool yeah i was wearing flannel in battlefield anyway <laughs> so when they went back to uh they, they're going even farther back to world war one and they actually make it look fun not like you know musket guns and you know slow shooting it still feels intense like battlefield and i feel like battlefield engine has been getting better and better each game even though it was kind of it got misguided there for a second and started slowly becoming call of duty and it's like wait a second and then now they're they're getting their, their act together and uh uh, you actually said that you liked the new Call of Duty, though. Yeah, and it's surprising, too, because, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of shooters. Um, I've, I've played so many at this point that it's really hard to impress me with them. Unless they and, got paint uh, guns and they play for Nintendo. Damn right. Splatoon <laughs> kicks ass. Uh, but that's a third-person shooter. That's that's entirely different from what you would you know see from Battlefield or Call of Duty. Um, but I haven't played any Call of Duties in the last couple of years. Like, the last one I played was Modern Warfare 3. Um, which was really fun when it came out. I had a lot of time playing online with friends and everything, but uh, I just got sort of like done with it at that point. I didn't jump on any of the other ones, the spinoffs, Black Ops, none of that stuff. I played a little bit of Battlefield when they decided to reboot that, and still, to me, it was just sort of more the same, just with big-ass maps, but... I'm a big sci-fi fan, so when they introduced this brand new Call of Duty where you're able to go around in space and use a jetpack and use a grappling hook and all types of cool brand new explosive abilities, which looks like something out of Mass Effect, it's going to get my attention. That being said, the fan base is still pretty angry about this brand new entry, a lot of that having to do with the fact that they just seem to keep going forward farther into the future. Yeah, like, 
I'm interested in that, but at the same time, I don't see where the end game is for Call of Duty. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know where they're going to go from here. Like, do they just keep going in the future and slowly becomes Titanfall? Like, w- what's happening to the series? You know, they've just picked that direction. Mm-hmm. And because they come out with a new one every year, it's got to be hard to make that interesting. I know their uh, Call of Duty zombie game is kind of like has its own subculture now. So mm-hmm. that's kind of fun. And a lot of people wait for that to come out every year. I've almost like half expected there to be like a full fledged just we're going to make a Call of Duty game based all around the zombie stuff. That's a good corner for them to turn, at least for one year. You mm-hmm. know, like a zombie. Uh, even the campaign is about that, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just that sort of like a uh, burn and churn sort of zombies mm-hmm. just run at you for each wave, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a game. So that's an interesting thing. Uh, what other games were you enjoying? Um, I know you had to have liked the Zelda, Zelda Breath oh, of God, the Wild. Oh, God, yeah, I love the fucking brand new Zelda game. Like, just, it, it's what we've been waiting for for such a long time in a Zelda game. I always hear people say this, though, when a Zelda game's coming. This mm-hmm. is what we've been waiting for. And this that's is- how good the Zelda series is. I mean, in all actuality, it's not too often that there's a video game series where every entry is, like, pitch perfect. Yeah. The Legend of Zelda is just that. Every single entry in the series is unique and special in its own way and always manages to one-up the one that came before it with a number of new things. But this one is just really going crazy with it because they're taking the open-world concept and uh, and sandbox-style gameplay and they're applying that to The Legend of Zelda. And it's really interesting because a lot of the times in Zelda games, they're very story-driven, they're very linear in how you play them, like you go from point A to point B, activate this part of the story so you can go to this next part of the story, but this is a Zelda game which is very much like the original that was released on Nintendo, where you turn the game on, you watch a small cutscene at the beginning, and boom, they just throw you right in and they say, good luck, do what you want to do. Hell, one of the interviews actually said that you can go ahead and try and fight the final boss of the the game the minute you start it up you're probably not going to be able to beat them though because you don't have any resources in order to make that happen that's how open this game is so it's not like level locked because even on like gta games there's usually like three islands or yeah. three zones and you can only go to the first zone until you progress enough in the story and then mm-hmm. the next zone unlocks and then you progress farther in the story and then by the time you're in that you're you're able to handle all three zones you know mm-hmm. or the military base or whatever you want to fuck with in gta so mm-hmm. but he's saying everything's available From the beginning. From the beginning. You know, especially because now Link has a a number of brand new things that he can do. He can never do in any of the previous games. He can climb just about any single object. Kind of like what you would see in, say, Uncharted or even Shadow of the Colossus. Or the new Spider-Man game. Or the brand new Spider-Man game. I don't think we're going to be seeing Link <laughs> swinging around anywhere, but like, who knows? It's it's very possible. But the fact that you can scale just about any mountain, any building, any tree just opens up the possibility for traveling around this massive world, which I don't know if you've had an opportunity to look at this map. No. Holy shit. This is going to be one of the biggest maps I think any game has ever seen. Nintendo has already gone on record as saying this is the biggest game that we've ever made in terms of just sheer size. It's absolutely massive. And everything they showed off in all of the gameplay demos this week and allowing people to play the game, map's huge. It's like GTA 5 big. And then there was this one interview they did yesterday where the developers were showing the Wii U controller and they're like, alright, let me show you the map screen for a second just to show you how it works. And they start to zoom out on the map and then they start zooming out like five different times and you you get to see that the area that they've been exploring just for this week right here is 2% of the map. Whoa. It is 
absolutely massive. There's going to be so much to see and do in this world, and we also have to take into account that this is a Zelda game. It's not just the world that you're going to be exploring. You're going to be going to these dungeons, which are like the cornerstone of a Zelda game. You go to a dungeon, you solve some puzzles, you get some cool items, and you fight a boss, and that helps you progress the story. But things are obviously going to be different here, considering you can go right to the final boss of the game, which is really surprising. Uh, but just the fact that you can do so much more in this one, um, the fact that your inventory is now massive, you can now pick up enemy weapons and store them. Weapons can now break if you use them a certain number of times. Uh, Link can now wear different clothes, which is something you could technically do in the other games, but it was more like instead of a green tunic, you can wear a red one or a blue one or yeah. a purple one. Now you can really change almost every single aspect of Link. You can run around naked if you want. Okay. Well, well not, can, com can... not completely naked. You're yeah. not going to be seeing any Link dongle or anything. But, I mean, you know, he's going to be in his underpants. But you can see from the trailer, like, there's going to be scenes where you can get armor. If you're in a cold area, uh, Link's not going to be able to work properly in that area. He'll stop and he'll start shivering. You have to wear a coat if you want to go in that area. Okay, It's kind of like, in many ways, they're taking aspects from open-world games and even from Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Okay. That's kind of what it reminds me of, where, like, when you go to There's the... There's, like, a camouflage level you get from certain uh, items and whatnot? Precisely. You can even change Link's haircut. He can have a man bun now. Okay, well, that's that's a downgrade. <laughs> well, that, that, that doesn't sell it. Yeah. What's interesting, though, is that there has not been a single shot, screenshot, or gameplay image of Link wearing his classic green outfit, which is... You know, I'm not upset about it because, you know, I know eventually in the game there's going to be a point where you can probably get that outfit. It's just too iconic to not include. But the fact that they're giving us these options is just so bold for this game. And just the fact that you can do anything, you know, adventure, climb, battle, swim. You can even cook food now. It's just... So There's they're really so taking the open world concept and really going for it. Yeah, they're just they're throwing everything in, and they're doing it with the Zelda flair and with Nintendo uh, quality, which is something that I'm really excited about. And unfortunately, this game isn't going to be coming out until 2017 on uh, Wii U. It's almost certainly going to be the final game on the system, but it's also coming out on their new system, NX, which, of course, they haven't mentioned anything about the NX at E3. They've been very hush-hush about it. If we're going to hear anything about it, it's probably going to be sometime this fall. They really just wanted to focus Is it on coming out on Christmas? Uh, no. No, it's coming out next year. Next the year. NX. Uh, supposedly March 2017 is when the new system is going to be launching, which... And there's no guarantee that Zelda's going to be like a launch title for the system. I pray it's going to be. If they're smart, they will do that. That will sell systems. And they've also said that the uh, Wii U version is going to be identical to the NX version. I don't know what they truly mean. Like, it's going to be the same graphics or anything. Because the graphics are good. But they're also the type of graphics that a lot of people are not going to, you know, immediately become attached to. Because it uses kind of a cel-shaded art style. Seems slightly Wind Waker. Yes. Which I'm okay with. Wind Waker, to me, gets better with age. Every year that game gets better. It's definitely my second like favorite. Like a fine game. glass of milk. It, it's <laughs> milk was a bad choice. <laughs> but no, Wind Waker is my second favorite Zelda game. This it looks gets like better. Skyrim for kids, Corey. That's what this looks like. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I can understand what you mean by that. And I don't. Uh, mostly the open world, running around on your horse stuff. Yeah. You know, it looks like. But I don't mean it in a bad way. Mm -hmm. For kids, I don't. I just mean it's. It's a happy. Bright color palette, not yeah. a dark gray, 
you know, oh, I just got the Oathkeeper blade that mm-hmm. shoots fire when I strike things. Yeah, I mean, you know? I don't play The Legend of Zelda to feel like Kratos. No. You know, I, I play it to go on a big adventure and see really colorful characters and see this really great story which unfolds over the course of, like, 20 to 40 hours. Uh, this game is probably going to be significantly longer, and I really can't wait to sort of take my time with it and play it the way that I want to, which is the best thing about it. Because like I said, a lot of the Zelda games are very linear in their execution, but the one on the original Nintendo system, they just throw you in, and you can challenge any dungeon the way you want to in any order. You mean number one on Nintendo? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. It's 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 and it's a But game isn't there a way to lock you out of certain places because you can't get because... How can you literally go to the final boss if you don't have, like, the grappling hook to crawl up the tall wall? You can get to the final boss Ganon in the original Legend of Zelda without a sword. Wow. Yeah. Can you beat him? No. No. You do need a weapon. Uh, You do need a sword. You can use arrows. You can use bombs. But ultimately, there is a specific item you need to finish him off. But you can get that in the final dungeon. Yeah. There are ways to break that game. There are dungeons you can go to super early whenever i play the original there is an order too like there is a dungeon one a dungeon two but they don't like tell you that at all like whenever i play the zelda games i always go to dungeon four first so i can get certain items that will help me get through the other dungeons a lot quicker okay it's just it it's one of those things i've just learned after playing that game multiple times over the course of the last like 20 years um Again, that's another game that it kind of gets better with age, despite how old it is. And they're sort of taking that concept, open world concepts, and applying it to this brand new Zelda game. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which I'm glad we also got a title. Um, that's always a really important thing. you got to have a subtitle for a Zelda game. I'm not too crazy about the title. What, what have been the all Wild. the subtitles? Name them. Uh, there's been The Legend of Zelda. There's The Legend of Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link. There is The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. There is The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. There is The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. There is The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. The Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons. The Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages. There is The Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap. The Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass. The Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks. And I'm sure I maybe missed... Oh, Link's Awakening. The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, the very first one that was on Game Boy uh, as well. And then there's other spin-off titles. You know, there's Hyrule Warriors, which is a fucking Dynasty Warriors Zelda game, which I wasn't excited for. I own it. It's the only Dynasty Warriors game I've ever owned. It's fun as shit. I love it. It's great. <laughs> Slap a Zelda skin on anything. It's pretty awesome. People love that shit, man. They just get all hyped about, like, Link and Zelda. And I mean, really think about thing. it, though. How many other video game characters have been around that long? And most Mario? of them are Nintendo characters. Yeah, Mario and Link. They're like the most, you know, Mario, Link, and Pac-Man are like the old, the most old school video game characters who still manage to get new releases even years later. Um, and and that's just it's the power of Zelda. It's for a lot of people like us when we were growing up, it was the first big adventure game that we ever played. Nowadays, it's different. The landscape has changed. You know, most people who like Zelda are inherently already Zelda fans. I'm seeing if I can. Uh... Did you say Ocarina of Time? Ocarina of Time, which is considered by most people to be the best in the series. But that's because it was the first 3D one. Kind of like how Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Ages. Game Boy Advance games. They're both two games that came out at the same exact time. And uh, what's really cool about them is you beat one game, you get a password. You play the next game, you beat it, you get a password. Use that password in one of the games, and you get the true secret ending. But each game is completely different. 
different okay. adventure, different land, different bosses, characters. I own both of those on my Nintendo 3DS, and they are awesome. Did you figure that out, or did you look it up on the internet? I knew this back in fucking 2000, man. <laughs> okay. Uncle Zelda. I, 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 I have played every single Legends Zelda of game. Zelda Four Swords Adventure. I did miss Four Swords Adventures. Uh, there's a couple <laughs> different Four Swords games. There's uh, Four Swords Adventures on it's the, the only GameCube, one I didn't hear you talk about. And uh, it, it's it's probably the weakest in my opinion. Um, is, it would have been better if it had five swords? Eh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't think any amount of swords is going to save that game. It, it's it's more of a multiplayer experience, um, which is very unique for the Legends Zelda of Zelda Spirit Tracks. I did mention Spirit okay, Tracks. That did. is a, a DS game. That was the sequel to Phantom Hourglass. Triforce Heroes. Triforce Heroes. It's another one of those games, it came out last year, and I myself did not buy it, but it's not a traditional Zelda game at all. It's more of a spin-off party game, where you play with friends online, and... Oh, it looks like a, uh, a you play Mario as three party. Yeah, yeah, you play as three... It's not, like, that, like, super... Like, there is a story, but it's, like, it's not a real Zelda game. It, 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 it's, it's a spin-off. Even you see through the bullshit on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also didn't mention A Link Between Worlds, but that's the sequel to A Link to the Past. Yeah. Um, Link's but, Awakening? Links, uh, yeah, that's the Game Boy one, yeah. the original, original, um, which, God, that game is still good. I have that on my 3DS as well. You can download just about every single Zelda game. If you have a 3DS and a Wii U, you can own every single Zelda game. Really? Yeah, which is really awesome because, um, you know, I have s- some of them on Super Nintendo and some of them on N64, but it's really convenient to be able to just download them or have them w- with you know, ready on the go. My 3DS, I have the uh, remake of Ocarina of Time which is in 3D, and it has updated graphics, and that's definitely the version I always tend to go back to now at this point. Um, just The Zelda series is fucking legendary, and I hope that in the next Smash Brothers... Did you mean to do that? Huh? Legend of Zelda. It's fucking legendary? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to, okay. um, but it works. Yeah. Um, I hope in the next Smash Brothers, uh, Link will get some new costumes that reflect what he's going to look like in Breath of the Wild. Maybe getting like the blue-haired Link with the hood and everything. Um, maybe an armored version of Link. Like, there's so much more they can do with his character now. Now that he's not constricted, like Hulk, just... Hulkbuster armor, like, Hulkbuster Link. Yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> well, it'd have a sword, and yeah. that would be awesome. Yeah. Okay, let me change directions a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we talked about Zelda, mm-hmm. your stupid. Fairyman for long enough, and now we're on to this. Fairyman, <laughs> um, he's actually a Hylian. He looks, he looks like a Lando Bloom. Okay, so we're out of here. Uh, he's an elven, elven prince. I can't warrior. deny that Link's a pretty effeminate-looking character. You, you're like, I guess that's Zelda. <laughs> I don't know. That was one of the biggest before they revealed this game at E3. One of the biggest things was everybody's like, hmm, something's weird about the new Link in this Zelda game. Is it actually a, a chick? And everybody was theorizing that this time Link was going to be a female character. And that's not the case. Nintendo still decided to go with a tried and true. Uh, Link is going to be a male character. Which is causing a surprising amount of controversy online if you look at it. People are like oh, pretty let me livid stop you about there. that. Who cares? They're Thank wrong. You. They're wrong. I don't want to talk that's about it. It's a loud anymore. minority right there. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I'm fine with Nintendo's that's decision. The it's their creative vision. And that's what they're going to make. Yeah, you don't change Mario to a princess. What, what the fuck would you be doing if you did that? Not exactly. Okay, uh, VR. Let's talk about it. VR. We are VR. VR technology. It's coming um, out. It's like the next waggle. No, it's going to succeed though. It's Probably. like a waggle. It's like a winning waggle. Okay. Yeah. Because and what you what we mean by waggle is like uh, the Nintendo Wii. You know when you had motion to, controls. Yeah, when you had to waggle the wands around and stuff. Which in retrospect sucks now. It was a. Tr- they tried, you know. They yeah. tried and it failed. Yeah. It wasn't as bad as the Virtual Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, Google it. 
so pretty much VR. We got a few cool titles coming out. Um, we have Batman's going to get a VR game. Yeah, you get to wear the cowl. That's how they're uh, marketing that one. You wear the cowl. You are the Batman. Yeah, so that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. being made by Rocksteady, who worked on the previous Arkham games. I don't expect it to be a traditional Arkham game, but we'll see. I, I had a list of VR games that I saw, but I, one of the other things that uh, I think is interesting is that they are going to be doing uh, Doom and I think one other game in VR. And Doom is already like a good game. So I'm like, if you can transfer it, that game is just full of freaky deaky scares all over the place, mm-hmm. you know, so trying to play that game. The one thing that can't, I haven't seen them do right is movement in VR games. You see how they keep warping your character around, like you'll pick a place to warp to. And then you'll sort of observe the world from that point. We were watching uh, Node, that gameplay channel on YouTube, mm-hmm. and they were playing uh, some VR games, and you would just, like, warp places. Like, you mm-hmm. don't walk. You need to see some of the games that Sony showed off with their VR technology. There's one that's a first-person shooter. Um, I unfortunately forgot the name of it. Let me see if I can find it right now. Um, but it's like a full-on first-person shooter for uh, Sony. It's a brand-new IP uh, let me see here. I'm taking a look here. We got the uh, PC. We got Wii U. PlayStation 4. Let's take a look here. Um, it's not for Honor. That's another uh, brand new like action game. It's not Horizon Zero Dawn. We'll get to that one in a second. Um, damn. I'm not seeing it on here, unfortunately. There's like a top ten list of like the best games from E3, and I can't seem to find it. But it's this. Uh, is it Robot Golf? It is not Robot Golf. Um, but it's this. It's this first-person shooter game. Uh, for the PlayStation, it's going to be exclusive, and it, it's like full movement, like a first-person shooter, uh, but you can still move your gun around like you're in VR. You can look around and everything in all of your environments. Um, even there's going to be an expansion to Star Wars Battlefront where you can get into an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter and uh, have that like battle experience like you're in the cockpit, which I think is going to be really damn awesome. I, I think don't... space games, that's great because you don't move. In a spaceship. No. The spaceship just starts to move and you just look around. Mm-hmm. And that's I mean, why it's I, perfect. I still want to have control of the ship, though. Yeah, yeah. You're still yeah. going to have control of the ship. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about a rail system. I'm just yeah. saying, like, your character isn't walking and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like you're, like, sitting in the ship, you know? And uh, it looks fun. And some of the gameplay I've seen of the VR looks good. We got Resident Evil coming. Oh, shit. I mean, you can't just... You can't just say Re- we just go resident <laughs> no resident evil 7 is coming and it's a vr experience and it could be good it could be revolutionary to yeah, me it, it could be. be the beginning of vr vr needs a big win mm-hmm. i'm not saying it's not going to have one but i'd like for it to happen now yeah so i could play a cool game in vr mm-hmm. give me a real reason to buy one of those systems yeah. i really just want a reason just give me one and i'll go buy one. my reason is resident evil 7 yeah but that's just because I'm, I'm such a hardcore fan of that series um, when they showed off Resident Evil 7 for the first time during Sony's conference, uh, they didn't announce that it was a Resident Evil game at first. It just sort of opened up with the gameplay, and it was just this weird, creepy environment where you're walking around this house and trying to find objects and secret puzzles. It's very similar to that one game they released, uh, or the demo for that game that's never going to be released, called PT, like a year ago, which was sort of like a secret, covert Silent Hills game that they were getting ready to show people, and, uh... What's interesting about this game is, one, it just doesn't look very much like Resident Evil. It doesn't really feel like it, aside from the fact that it is a horror game. That's about all it has in common with it. Um, But according to the creators of the game, this VR experience is not going to be a part of the full Resident Evil 7 experience. It's just going to be a small portion. And they haven't even really announced that the whole game is going to be like fully VR first person, which... That's a pretty big, drastic change from the Resident Evil series. But, I mean, the Resident Evil franchise has gone through a number of evolutionary processes. 
I think it might be Farpoint. I, I think that I think that's it. Yeah, I see a dude carrying a gun and mm-hmm. he's holding. Is there it. like a desert planet or something? Yeah, it's very desert planety. Mm-hmm. It looks cool, but nothing has yeah. happened. Yeah, I mean, it's there's nothing truly revolutionary about it aside from the fact that it is VR and you can move around. But it's a step, I think, in the right direction. VR just has me excited. It feels like the future. Yeah, I'm pumped. Like, I mean, I was going to get Resident Evil 7 regardless, you know, just because I'm so hardcore about that series. Hell, I bought 6 and everybody fucking hated 6. Yeah. But, like, 7, just it's finally doing something new. It's going to be doing something scary. I'm not sure about the game being in first person the whole time, just because traditionally Resident Evil's always been a third person kind of game but I'm excited because it'll be my first true VR experience aside from just trying out a few smaller headsets and it's going to scare the shit out of me oh yeah like there's no way that game is not going to make me jump a couple of times or you know get really freaked out because I mean it's just going to be jammed right in my face I really hope that the VR headsets can have a really good display that's the one thing I'm most scared of well yeah they got to have high resolution displays because man I saw the one on the phone what was it called the uh uh, the the one where you can clip your cell phone in. Mm-hmm. That's the one we first got to experience. Yeah. And that screen is not high enough resolution. Yeah. So it has got to be like a 4K or 1080 display. I mean, if I'm paying for a headset that's $400, $500, yeah. it better look as good as my TV. Yeah, At it better. least. Like, I want to be able to experience that just in a more immersive way. And Resident Evil 7, I think, is going to be a really cool way to do that. That's very true. Mm-hmm. And it's just a good excuse for scary shit to jump out of here. Exactly. I mean, it, it's it's tailor-made for that kind of thing. It's not the most original thing in the world, but uh, I, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with it. And at first, I almost thought it was like a straight-up reboot, like, because it's so different from the other Resident Evil games. They've reassured, nope, same universe, takes place after Resident Evil 6, but you're going to be playing as completely new characters who aren't hardcore fucking buff commandos who just kill everything in their wake. They're trying to give you a more, like, vulnerable character to play as, which... Step in the right direction. That's exactly the way it needs to be. And uh, since it's a VR experience, that means it's probably not going to be co-op. So thank God for that. I want to be alone in this game when I play it. I want to be really freaked out. want to do like a Walking Dead crossover where you play as Rick. Uh, speaking of Walking Dead, let's just go ahead and talk about the brand Norman new Hideo Reedus. Kojima game. Yeah. Norman Reedus. Now, Hideo Kojima... He's a motherfucker. During the Sony conference, like towards the end, and of course everybody just lost their shit, and he decided to show off uh, the brand new game, which is going to be starring uh, famous Walking Dead actor Norman Reedus, and it looks good. It's just what the fuck is going on in the game? Like, (laughs) what is it about? I don't know. Like, did you actually see the trailer for it? Oh yeah, it's like Norman Reedus wakes up on a beach naked. I'll give you the cliff notes. Yeah, he has a weird scar, and then all of a sudden he reaches for a baby that's on the black sanded beach, and he picks it up and cradles it. It's very weird and emotional, and the the, the tone is very hard to describe, but it's dark and heavy. And then all of a sudden the baby disappears, and he looks up, and there's dead whales and dolphins all around him, and there's four figures standing in the floating in the distance of the shore, and then it goes black, and you're like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it's like. Uh, I'm so used to memes now that, like, as soon as that was done, like, the first thing that popped in my head is this classic clip from The Simpsons of uh, Krusty the Clown, which gets used all the time. It's after he watches this shitty, itchy, and scratchy cartoon, and he's just sitting there smoking a cigarette, rubbing a head, and he's just like, what the hell was that? (laughs) Like, it's like, I'm excited for it, but I don't know what the hell the game is going to be about. And uh, it's called Death Stranding. That's going to be the name of the game. Uh, The first game from the brand new Hideo Kojima uh, studio. And, you know, I'm going to I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt, though, because Hideo Kojima clearly knows how to make 
a really like memorable video game experience. I'm going to breaking it down way more than that. He is just an awesome storyteller. Yeah. So I'm not really worried about this. Mm -hmm. It may not have anything to even do with this. Yeah. He's just fucking with us and showing off the new game engine and everything. And, you know, he might just be like... This could be just a tech demo. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Or just some weird-ass story. Oh, yeah, you guys, you know, I'm free from that old corporation. Here's my dead dolphin video. (laughs) (laughs) It's got Norman Reedus social media. How do you feel about Norman Reedus being a part of it? I don't mind him. I used to think he was kind of a bro, but mm-hmm. he's he's a good actor, good enough. He plays the he plays his role just fine. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that we've seen celebrities like make appearances in video games or even somewhere that use like celebrity likenesses and voices. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is gonna be kind of like a slippery slope for this? Like instead of creating unique brand new game characters, we're just gonna get well known actors and put them in games now. Well, now that we know video games make more money than movies. You know, Norman Reedus is getting paid to do this. Yeah. He's getting paid a lot of money mm-hmm. to do this. I'm just imagining that the dollar bills are flying at him to mm-hmm. do this. And on top of that, he is, has a new TV show out right now. Mm-hmm. Like, Norman Reedus is kind of hot. Like, he's doing He's a, a motorcycle lot. enthusiast. Yeah, he's riding around doing awesome things. I actually know guys that filmed that show. You know, like, it was in Georgia, a lot of it. And so, uh, I'm just saying, like, I don't know. It, I don't mind actors, but at the same, who did we want to play? Um, who's the uh, main male character in Resident Evil Two back in the day? Uh, Leon Kennedy. Who would we want him to play him if there was a live action back in the day? Leonardo DiCaprio. That time has passed. But it's the hair, and that time has passed. It's the hair that did it. You have to realize too. This is like back in the nineties. Titanic just came out. Like a year after Titanic came out, Resident Evil Two was released. And everybody who saw Leon Kennedy's like, who is this Leonardo DiCaprio motherfucker? Yeah. But Leon Kennedy has turned into arguably the most popular protagonist from the series. Like, no one saw that coming for some reason. No, not yeah, at all. And so. he still, even in the most recent games, still has that old school, late 90s Leonardo DiCaprio haircut. Yes, he does. He will not get rid of it. But also because the, the Japanese are just huge fans of Big Bangs covering the face. Sanji. San- yeah, exactly. Sanji is Leonardo DiCaprio and Leon <laughs> Kennedy all rolled up into one. All into one person. Yeah. So, you know, what are we talking about? I totally <laughs> lost it. <laughs> Norman Reedus, amusing actors Norman Reedus. in video games. I don't know, man. We'll see how that uh, that goes. But, uh, I mean, I have nothing but faith in this project. Hideo Kojima's behind it. He's not being restricted. Konami isn't fucking crushing his balls like every hour. He, he's going to be able to make the game that he wants to make, and hopefully it's going to look good. Hopefully it makes some fucking sense, too. Because that trailer just confused the hell out of me. Especially after all the ones that were a little more straightforward, like God of War, which is finally coming back. Technically, God of War 4, if that's what you really want to call it. Looks good. It, it looks great. I freaking love the look of this game. It's yeah. taking a lot of inspiration from Norse mythology. and Well, every... they ran out of gods on the Greek side. He killed yeah. them all. Let's move to the next one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look out, Jesus. Here he comes. <laughs> you're, you're next, man. Yeah. Um, God of War 5. Yes. Crucifixion <laughs> to round two. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. My you don't bad. need to apologize for that. That's fucking hilarious. Um, that's what's going to happen. He's just going to end up fucking killing everyone. But... The trailer was so interesting, and give me a lot back of my it, son. Yeah, <laughs> give me back my son, <laughs> Mel Gibson. 
Sorry, guys. That was a thing for a while. <laughs> I remember when that was a thing. <laughs> but what I really love about the new God of War is how they're actually giving some good personality to Kratos outside of just being straight and angry dude who just wants to murder everything in sight. Like, the whole point of the demo that they show off is that it's Kratos and his son who are going on this hunt, and they just so happen to run into some fucking monsters, which leads to a lot of crazy action scenes and everything. And Kratos is acting more like a caring father, like he's actually trying to protect this kid, which... In terms of the story, if this is a continuation of Kratos' story, it makes sense, especially with the events that happened at the end of God of War 3. Uh, but they're really rehauling this game. Like, they're, they're changing it. Like, it does, the combat looks very different from the third-person action combat we saw mm-hmm. from the other God of War series, which is really fast, really fluid, jumping around in the air and stuff. A lot this of, one's, like, uh, more colors grounded. and stuff. Like, this one yeah. feels more muted, you mm-hmm. know, because of the snow environment and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they kind of either, even because of the demo, there was no button assists. None at all, yeah. It was like no QTE sequences, and that series practically created the QTE. We'll see. Maybe it's there, and they just didn't put it in. Yeah, I'm sure it's, <laughs> you know, they could have just done that for presentation purposes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it looked really impressive. It looked really cool, and I think what I love most about it is just all the fan theories that people are trying to come up with for the uh, the actual, like, storyline. The coolest one I've heard so far is that this is actually the beginning of Norse mythology, and Kratos is training his son to actually be a god, and Kratos himself will eventually become Odin, and his son is actually Thor. Okay. I think that would be such an amazing twist for him to actually become the next god of Norse mythology and sort of, like, restarting the cycle and everything. Or he really is going to be going after the gods of Norse mythology as well. I mean, they already do mention Valhalla, you know, like Many in the time. gameplay and everything, uh, they they make it very clear that it's uh, taking a lot of its uh, you know inspiration from Norse mythology. But it just looks metal as hell. I like his new weapons, which are kind of a callback to the Blades of Chaos, but it's more of like this axe, which he can use to like throw and teleport around and call it right back to him. And of course, it's got the uh, the typical God of War brutality, you know, like just when he's beating up on monsters and stuff in slow motion or fighting against that giant cr- uh, troll creature. Yeah, and he like very cuts it up and stuff. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. So that's also cool. Uh, one of the other games I was looking forward to was, uh, oh, what was it? Prey. Have you seen that trailer? I haven't seen anything from Prey. I just heard it's really awesome. That's what everyone keeps talking Isn't about. Isn't that, wasn't there already a Prey game? There was, but it has nothing to do with that one. Okay. They're just like, we just wanted that title, so we're going to use it too. Okay. That's kind of what they're going is it, with. Is it again first person? or? Um, yeah, let me uh, look up a trailer for it. I just see it on all these top ten lists. Here, let me take a look, too. Um, I, I did see, like, an article about it, but I ended up skipping. I was like, ooh, Sony Conference is coming on. And that was, like, the thing I was most looking forward to. The, the beginning of the Sony Conference was so crazy how ridiculous they got with it. Um, they opened up with this, like, chorus and this band playing all this music for the brand-new God of War game. And they played it for, like, ten minutes straight. And it was mostly just a bunch of, ho, ho, it all, ha, and it just went on and on, and you're like, God, will you guys just show God of War already? <laughs> yeah, we know it's coming. <laughs> like, it's coming, all right? And it's going to be pretty damn cool. And it, was, it looked okay. I just mm-hmm. looked at it. It was just okay. I didn't think it was all that I'm great. I'm pumped. I'm a God of War fan, though. Oh, no, I'm talking about Prey. Oh, you're talking about Prey? Prey's I'm looking just, at Prey Prey's right just okay. Now. Hmm. It's just a cinematic trailer. Oh, it is? Oh, okay. I just see some dude. Now I know what I was going to bring up. Hmm. South Park. The whole. fractured butthole. The, maybe the greatest game title ever. <laughs> like a, a bigger, longer, harder, and uncut. How yeah. they got away? <laughs> How they get away with these titles? <laughs> the fractured butthole. Yes, new South Park game, which doesn't seem like too much of a deviation from uh, the Stick of Truth. 
Um, but in many ways, like, there's only so many ways they can improve on that game. Uh, obviously, graphics, they kind of already perfected them in the PS3 game. Like, South Park looking shitty benefited that game so much because it literally looks just like the show. But it it, all, it doesn't look shitty. It actually looks just fine because it looks yeah. just like the show. Like, you... It's it's one of the few times where looking shitty is to its benefit. Yeah, you know that that's what South Park's all about, and it looks just like the show again. This time it's going to be more based around superheroes, and uh, you know they're going to bring back a lot of classic characters. Cartman's uh, alternate personality of the coon. They're bringing that back. The coon, which is fantastic. Um, the trailer at the end also previewed that apparently PC Principal is going to be involved as well. Either love, as a summon, a partner, or a boss, I think that's going to be really great. I love that they uh, they have their own Phase One, Two, and Three for their superhero franchises and everything. Yeah, you they, know, they like, basically rip into the whole like Marvel Cinematic Universe and the DC movies. Yeah, like that. That's kind of like the whole joke and what's going to start one of the big conflicts of the story. Um, they're also changing up the battle system a little bit, which before was just sort of classic traditional turn-based RPG. Very Mario, uh, this Mario one, paper. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's where most of the inspiration actually came from. And uh, in this one, you're going to be able to play around with the environments a little bit more. Uh, you're going to be able to move around a lot more in battle and uh, be a lot more strategic. So it's just it's going to be a little more fun. Um, and that's saying a lot because the first game was just great. It's coming just, out this year too. Supposedly, December sixth. They said December, but they seemed a little iffy about that when they were talking about that. And obviously, it might be a little bit of an in joke to the release date of the first game, which got pushed back a lot. Often, I mean, the Stick of Truth came out like in PS4 and Xbox One were already out. Yeah, like that's how long it took for that game to come out. And it was a PS3 game. Uh, also interesting to note, if you haven't played Stick of Truth, um, if you purchase the new game or I think if you pre-ordered early, you'll get a free copy of Stick of Truth, which is great you're getting two games for the price of one and they're both absolutely hilarious and yeah they, they will easily give you 20 hours each mm-hmm. you know it took me I, i've spent about good 22 hours on stick of truth and it's fun you know and i took my time with it i really just you know i battled as many people as i could i grind and that's a good thing too it's an rpg where grinding doesn't take too long grinding doesn't to take too long games. and you see the results pretty quickly yeah you know and if anything by the end you're like mega powerful oh i never even came close to dying by yeah the end of the game. but if something that's a problem mm-hmm because the oh, later maybe that's something the game, they can address in this game. Too. Yeah, the later stage was kind of too easy. Mm-hmm. But to me, it gave me the freedom to try different weapons and have fun and sort of like being more of a uh, uh, what do you call those modes? Like uh, whenever you're designing a game, you can kind of just turn on God mode and just play the game however you want without the. Uh, anyway, the point anyway, is, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, it just gives you a Nintendo a sort of, uses it a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's uh it's one of the cool things like yeah. uh where i enjoyed the later stage of the game but it was way too easy and that was a complaint about that game did you see anything from uh horizon zero dawn no which is that brand new post-apocalyptic hunting down robotic dinosaurs kind of game uh, zero dawn zero dawn like horizon zero dawn something yeah. around those lines um it still looks pretty impressive um most saw this last year though so yeah. i'm kind of like okay we got it you talked about it last yeah. year. I mean, the game really isn't, you know, aside from the aesthetics and the fact that the graphics are really pretty, it's not really doing anything new. Um, some of the concepts are kind of new, but, it, you know, in terms of gameplay, we've kind of all done this before. But uh, I'll be damned if it still doesn't look entertaining. It does look cool. We'll yeah. see if it's good. They did a whole gameplay demo of that, too, and it looked really impressive. It did? Well, I'm trying to watch it. It's just the fucking advertisement is 45 seconds long. <laughs> I know what you mean. It's like ah, uh, and I actually I I'm, I just looked at the uh, the trailer for Prey. Um, it, it it looks okay. I mean, I don't really know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, and hey, Jo Kojima did not make it, so you better 
deliver. <laughs> but yeah, Prey is just, eh, you know, it's okay. Um, but yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn looks like it might actually be something to look out for. It might be pretty impressive. Horizon Zero Dawn does look fun. Look mm-hmm. at that. It looks like uh, kind of like Far Cry Primal, but with like robots. Yeah, that's, and that's definitely person. the vibe I get from it. You know, I love I loved Far Cry Primal mm-hmm. much more than I liked the last Far Cry. I thought I was going to hate it. I was like, dude, a fucking bow and arrow. That's all I get. A bow and arrow, a spear and a club. But after you upgrade those motherfuckers, you make every bullet count. You know? The bow and arrow is coming back in a big way, man. Yeah, fucking Katniss. Even in... <laughs> you you might be able to trace it back to that. Yeah, I think you can. You know, even in the new Zelda game, uh, it seems like your bow and arrow is more useful than any sword that you're ever going to use now. Especially because there's a new feature where you, like, if you jump up in the air, you jump off, like, a cliff or something, you immediately go into, like, a slow-mo mode with Link, and you can fire your arrows at so many enemies at once, and it looks really intricate. Kind of the same way they're doing it with this uh, Horizon Zero Dawn game. Oh, dude, you can ride these fucking robot deer. Hell yeah, you can, like, hijack the robot deer and stuff and, like, ride on top of them. Um, All the enemies look really, really unique and uh, interesting in how you're actually supposed to take them down. It's not just shoot in their general direction like they do have weak points that you have to exploit by using you know your weapons and the environment um interesting there's mm-hmm. like uh velociraptors yeah robot for, ra- raptors robot raptors fuck a laser raptor oh, fuck laser raptor <laughs> but yeah i do know what you mean it's like fuck like we saw this last year why is it not out yet yeah and I'm- it's still not going to be out until the very beginning of 2017 but, it does uh, look good. I mean, yeah. let me not. I mean, lie. technically speaking, you can't deny that game looks pretty damn cool. Yeah, it does. That it does. It does look quite interesting. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if it's uh, good when it comes out. Because I now doubt. <laughs> I now doubt it will be quite as amazing. If it's taking that long, it either is that great or it's just they're like it's turning into StarCraft Ghost, where they always say it'll come out and it never does. Do you remember StarCraft Ghost? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. but it never really materialized. Yeah. Which is a shame, because it seemed like it would actually be kind of a cool idea. StarCraft was a great universe for a first-person shooter. Yeah, they could have really built upon that. Yeah, but nope. Nope. And then uh, the only other games I can really think of, um, obviously, the uh, the Last Guardian uh, Dude, for PlayStation yes. 4, and it's coming out October 25th. Like That'll be here in no time. That's huge, man. Like that That is going to force me to get my PS4 by that time. Like I've been really <laughs> waiting for this game for so long. Uh, you know, Shadow of the Colossus came out. Is the new PS4 going to be out by then? Uh, I'm not sure if No, it that is. was the one thing that was like super absent this year at the E3, the PS4.5. Mm-hmm. They did not talk about it. They said it's coming, Yeah, but they didn't show off and anything. And that's surprising because Xbox has got this brand new thing coming out called Scorpio. Mm-hmm. which is going to be like the ultimate like cross play for like games and stuff. Like there's also a new thing they're implementing. Um, like there's going to be certain games. Like if you buy the Xbox one version, you'll also be able to get the windows version. Like you'll be able to play that on your PC. There's going to be cross play between oh, cool. these games, which is uh, in many ways a step in the right direction. And some people think it's a bad thing, um, especially because they're talking about this thing called Scorpio, which is going to be like, supposedly the next big system, but it's supposed to run alongside Xbox One all at the same time. Um, I think so it's a it's little like an add-on? Yeah, in a way, they're not being very clear about it. They're just sort of slightly announcing things. Maybe it's just like a big graphics card you buy and attach to your system. It's possible. It could be something as simple as that, but I'm guessing it's a new system. Yeah. I mean, that's. Just, I mean, they did announce a new Xbox Slim, which is going to be just basically... Oh, that's not a, that, though. That's no, different. It's, it's completely different. It's just another version of Xbox, which is only $300. Um, which is pretty damn affordable for a new system like that. And 
I haven't seen anything from Microsoft to really make me want to get that system quite yet, aside from superficial stuff like Killer Instinct. Um, but that's not going to force me to buy a system. But The Last Guardian, that's going to fucking do it. That trailer they showed at the Sony conference was beautiful, immaculate. The gameplay looks unique. The puzzles are going to be fun. And it's being made by the people who worked on Shadow of the Colossus. So That's it, all I need to know. That's really, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Sold. Yeah. And, and considering they've been showing that game since 2009. Like, it has really? taken them so... I remember seeing the very first trailer for that in 2009, and that was the PlayStation 3 version. Um, now they've upgraded to PlayStation 4, and it just Right looks, on the way out. Yeah, it looks great. I can't wait to see what they're going to do with it. It's going to be one of those games I know it's going to be a very emotional experience. I can tell whenever that dog thing dies, I'm going to feel it. You know it's going to die. You know it's going to go the way of aggro, like in Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, they yeah. kill off the horse at the very end of the game who suddenly trots back at the very end. I don't know how he survived the fall, but fuck it. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. Because I got no my horsey back. Yep. <laughs> at, dude, this game does look good. It, it, it's like you have a giant wolf dog thing. Bird. I think the actual, like, Dog, bird, wolf thing, whatever you want to... I think its name is Trico. Trico. Trico or Trico. Well, it makes sense because it's part of three animals. Yep. Yeah. And, of course, it's a play on the fact that the first game they made was called Ico. This is the third one in the game, so they're going to call it Trico. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Clever wordplay. Yes. Some Kanye West shit right there. He's a lyrical genius. Damn right. Voice of a generation. <laughs> oh, they, uh, going back to Fractured Butthole, they did mention that there's going to be a gay fish in the game. Oh, yeah. That they could only be that. Kanye. They only they had to drop that. They're like, oh, yeah, before we leave, gay fish. And they're like, if you hadn't seen that episode, that probably makes no sense. But still, it's coming. <laughs> they don't make South Park games for people that don't watch South Park. They make South Park games for... You play Stick of Truth. If you're a hardcore South Park fan, you're going to be happy because there are references every two seconds. Just looking in the closets of, like, people's houses and, like, there's just little things all over the place. But that's why I'm excited about this new one because the first uh, South Park game was really for early and mid-season South Park fans in a lot mm-hmm. of way. Yeah. So now they get to make this new game that's all about kind of, like, modern sort of, like, what is it, season nine to now kind of stuff? I or guess you could say that, yeah. Yeah, like kind of uh, modern South Park. Because, I mean... It- it's weird because South Park has gone through some changes. Like we could do a whole podcast just talking about that. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. This is kind of like the uh, the the next part of the history of South Park. The yeah. fact that PC principles being you know stick of truth was scuzzle butt. Yeah. The fractured butthole is PC principle. Yeah, it's different. You know, it's just they're very different beasts. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about that. I hope the uh, the critter Christmas uh, animals are going to return. Um, just I, I have so much hopes for this one. I can't wait to see what they're going to do with it. I hope they go crazier with the celebrity cameos. Like when Morgan Freeman just shows up randomly at the end of Stick of Truth. I'm like, is this happening? Just, Am I really just, playing this right Just now? narrating it, you know? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Dude, what does all this fucking symbolism mean in this fucking trailer for Death Stranding? Or Stick- all the, like, the weird black it, it, Norman blood. Reese is in handcuffs. So it's like he's a prisoner, and then he holds the baby, and then the baby turns to black mush, and then you see the baby <laughs> hands print across the beach. Like there's just like deep symbolism all over this thing, mm-hmm. you know. And then the is it like reminiscent of anything? Because I believe it or not, I still have not played Metal Gear Solid Five. Like, were there any moments like that in the game where you could tell Hideo was just kind of going crazy with the story? No, because he is a man who likes his symbolism. I mean, there was no water droplets and leaves and stuff like that. But, okay, you know, there was, <laughs> there was a, <sighs> just Metal Gear Solid, you know, 
cameras, the camera movement on Metal Gear Solid cutscenes is something that no one talks about. But it's like, I don't know if you're not watching me, which you're not, so it makes no sense. But it just pushes in and pushes out and shakes like a Jason Bourne movie. <laughs> and uh, you know, all of a sudden, Snake will turn and the camera will pop in on his face and he'll say something epic and he'll walk mm-hmm. away. I'm like, that's not real life at all. But it's good storytelling for some reason because it makes everything so dramatic. Mm. I don't know. How would you even describe it? You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's uniquely Hideo Kojima. Yeah. He's such a unique game maker. He is. I hope that one of the characters he brings back is going to utilize the voice of the original snake. So he can kind of stick it into (laughs) Konami's craw again. Yeah. You know, because he he is a talented voice actor. I think his name is uh, David Hader, not to be confused with Bill Hader. Yeah. Um, David Hader is just such an iconic voice, and it sucks that they got rid of him in Metal Gear Solid Five. So maybe they can utilize him in this brand new Death Stranding game. Whatever the fuck it is. Who knows? Because this is a mystery. What's not a mystery is this brand new Pokemon that came out. His ah! name is Yungoose. <laughs> and it looks a lot like Donald Trump. Uh, you had to bring that up. <laughs> I you? couldn't help it. They did, uh, you know, to be fair, Nintendo did show off some other games aside from Legend of Zelda. They showed off the abysmal new Paper Mario Color Splash, which that's all I'm going to say about it. And then they showed off more of Pokemon Sun and Moon. They revealed a few brand new Pokemon for the game. Um, one of them is called Pick-A-Peck. It's, a, of course, a woodpecker Pokemon that's basically the Pidgey of this game. Uh, and then there was Yungoose, who is a mongoose Pokemon. Not the first mongoose we've had, but it's got this, like, coloration and hairstyle, which just makes it look so much like Donald Trump's comb-over. And it's got a really pissed-off expression. So, like, a lot of, like, it, it didn't take two hours for DeviantArt uh, imagery to start showing up and the memes to start popping up about Yungoose being Donald Trump. Um... My favorite image has been this one of an angry Yungus wearing a blue suit at a podium, screaming with a word bubble, We're going to make Pokemon great again! Just, <laughs> damn, it was great, man. The timing could not be more perfect. And whenever I catch myself a Yungus, I'm going to give him some sort of Trump-themed name. Let me see Just, here. I love it. The Mogul. Yep. The Mogul. Yungus, you fired. I fucking love that. Um, I'm loving all the new Pokemon they've been introducing, too. They haven't shown too much of the gameplay, uh, just the first part of the game, like when you're getting your starter and everything. And I actually avoided most of those videos. I like to go into Pokemon games as blind as possible, um, just because I like to be able to experience the world. And when I walk through a random patch of grass, when I see a Pokemon I've never seen before, it just brings me back to the old days of playing Red and Blue. Uh, where I'm like, what the hell is that thing? I have got to try and capture it. Just there's something really unique and awesome about that. Um, so yeah, oh, so they you had, try not to even look at the extra 150 that come with it. I try to... not to. Like when X and Y came out, uh, after they sh- revealed like the first batch, like a month before the game came out, I went blind. I went into the dark, and there were parts when I was playing that game when something would pop up. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Is that a luchador bird Pokemon called How Lucha? <laughs> I need it. Like, because that was the cool thing, because when I was playing uh, Red and Blue back in the day on Game Boy, um, we didn't have, like, a dedicated internet at my house in 1998. Yeah. If I wanted internet, I had to be at school. So whenever I was playing that game, I didn't know what was coming. And, you know, I had Nintendo Power, and uh, they did have guides in it and stuff, but I wasn't utilizing it that much. So, like, I, w- like, I saw a Caterpie for the first time. I'm like, what the fuck is that thing? Yeah. <laughs> like, that was a big deal. And uh, it's it's always really difficult when a new Pokemon game comes out because it's easy to be spoiled by it. But things are different now because these games are being released uh, simultaneously. So, like, in Japan and America at the same time. And typically, Japan used to get them first. So And they would get them, like, two months ahead. So by the time the American game comes out, we've already seen all the Pokemon because of all the leaks and all the stuff that's online. 
Yeah. Now it's completely different. Now when the games come out, we're all starting fresh, which is one of the coolest things about it. And I pray they don't show every single Pokemon at first. I really want them to keep... If we're up to me, I wouldn't let them show any more. I don't even want to see the evolutions of the starters yet. I want people to be pissed off that they didn't choose Poplio. <laughs> because they're like, man, his final evolution kicked ass. Everybody hates Poplio. And in the demo they showed off, uh, they were using Poplio throughout the entire thing. Just to make people like him. I love Poplio. Fuck you're, all you haters. You're a Poplio lover? Yeah, I love that little sea lion bastard. <laughs> he's so great. What uh, what element is he? Uh, he's going to be the water one. It'd be funny if they made him fire. What? <laughs> <laughs> like a fire seal? Yeah, fire that seal. That makes no fucking sense. <laughs> He's got um, a good waterproof. Yeah, not the most creative Pokemon. We've had enough damn seals in the game, but then again, we've also had cats and we've also had owls. It's really hard to come up with like new animals that they haven't used at this point. Like, just name a random animal, any animal in the world. Octopus. Oct- there's octopus Pokemon. Octorock, not Octorock. Octillery. Okay. Honey badger. Honey badger. There've been badger Pokemon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not a honey badger though. Not. A- one that has the same exact colorations and is practically okay. a, a honey badger. A gorilla? A gorilla? There have technically been gorilla Pokemon, yes. Okay. They could do a more proper gorilla Pokemon, but there have been apes, there have been monkeys. What about like a monsters, like an alien? Like a mo- there have been two Pokemon which are very reminiscent of your typical gray aliens with the big heads and the big eyes. Really? Yes. What are their names? <laughs> I think uh, Elgium. They're they're Pokemon from Black and White, uh, and they're the type of Pokemon that like I see them once I'm like eh, I'm kind of done with them. <laughs> um, if you want to get really technical, Clefairy is technically an alien Pokemon, but here it is. Yeah, Elgium. Like this is what it looks like. What about the alien looking one? That's it. No, go back the the black and gray one. That's it. Oh, that's it. It's just it's advanced form. Yeah, there's that one, and then that's the other part of it. Now go up, S- scroll up, right there. That thing. Yeah, that's what? not real. Oh, the gray thing isn't yeah, real. Those are fake. Although I see where they're getting their inspiration from by trying to make a xenomorph looking Pokemon. Yeah, I was like a xenomorph. Yeah, but no, there've uh, there've been uh, eight Pokemon that look like aliens. You see the xenomorph Pokemon picture. That's pre- oh, that's pretty awesome! <laughs> I like the I like the the Diglett eggs. The Diglett eggs. Yeah, yeah, it's like a combination of Diglett, Execute, and Xenomorphs. That's great. Yeah, so that that would be cool. But, but yeah, like literally, just about every single animal has been turned into a Pokemon at this point. So it's it's creativity has been very very difficult. I imagine for that team, especially because now we're getting closer to a thousand Pokemon. You're still trying to think fox. of fox. Yes, there have been foxes. In the last generation, the starter was a fox. Uh, and there've been there's been Vulpix and Ninetales and you know. What I mean, about uh like like a anteater? An anteater. Yes, there there is a fire type which is an anteater. What about? <laughs> I can't. Just, just I think can't. of like going to the zoo and thinking of animals. Uh, giraffe. Yes, giraffe rig. Okay. Lion. Believe it or not, it's a psychic type. Lion. Uh, yeah, totally. There, yeah, there's a thousand lines. Even, even the, 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 the new game, time. the new mascot is a Solgaleo. Uh, about mythical creatures like a uh, like a centaur sort of a creature or like a, a bull. That there have been up. bulls. There's been Tauros and there has been a buffalo type thing. Yeah, the buffalo Which is called Bofalant, which is uh, literally a buffalo with a big afro. 
Yeah, it is. I've yeah. seen that one. Yeah. Um, but there technically hasn't been like a uh, a, a minotaur centaur or, or minotaur, you, you know, know, or anything like that. No. So that's a possibility. There we go. That's got to be a legendary type, though. Mm-hmm. It seems like it would be. What about a devil or a demony Pokemon? There've definitely been demony Pokemon. Okay. Yeah. But I'm not talking about your ghost types. Well, I guess it yeah. would be a ghost type. I mean, there's Darkrai. Darkrai. He's not a ghost. He's a a dark type. Um. There's Giratina, who's like this big demonic-looking dragon. Um, I mean, there's tons of evil-looking Pokemon. I guess that's true. What about human-y Pokemon? Like- human-y? Oh, there's tons of human-y-looking Pokemon. Hitmonchan, Hitmonlee, Mr. Mime. You know. I mean, they're they're all there. <laughs> Mr. Mime? Mr. Mime! Oh, that is a person-looking. It looks like Hisoka. It's, it's, like- po- it's the Hisoka Pokemon. Yeah, that's actually from Gen 1. Really? Yeah, Mr. Mime. He's He was one of those Pokemon gem when we're like, man, that's a weird fucking Pokemon. <laughs> was he good? Yeah, he's okay. He's a psychic type. He doesn't really evolve into anything. Um, he does evolve from a, a smaller Pokemon, but uh, still, it's just, it's Mr. Mime. <laughs> that's all he does. <laughs> Not the most unique name either, but there he is. Yeah, he's trying. Yep. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there probably have been Pokemon for everything. Just about, yeah. But, I mean, it's surprising because, like, it took them, when they got to Generation 6, they finally introduced a proper Tyrannosaurus Rex. Like, there had been things reminiscent of that in the past, but, like, never, like, a true T-Rex. And, like, wow, it took them over a decade to get a Tyrannosaurus Rex in a monster game. So uh, Yeah, I that's mean, true. It shows, you know. Uh, same thing, like, uh, they introduced a zebra, I think, in black and white. It was like, wow, it took this long to get a fucking zebra? Like, just little things like that. Every type of bird, bug, mammal, tons of fish, tons of shellfish, crabs. Okay. You're trying to stump. That's great. Yeah, I did a deep Google search into finding some things. People said dolphins. There has technically not been a dolphin Pokemon. Okay. Peacock. A peacock. There's no peacock mm. Pokemon. There's no mantis shrimp Pokemon. <laughs> very very particular i mean there's there have been things similar to a mantis shrimp you know clawitzer yeah i guess that's a that's a crab it's it's more of a a shrimp ish thing i don't know it's weird but yeah the dolphin is a big one though but a dolphin yeah and and that's actually funny you mentioned that because that's been a big request from a lot of pokemon fans like we need a dolphin one like Um, a dolphin starter would have been cool yeah i mean that would have been pretty interesting fire Um, type no, a fire dolphin? <laughs> no, it's gotta be you really water. just want to keep making <laughs> fire Pokemon turn into water types for some reason. Yeah, just uh, totally fuck the whole system up. Because mm-hmm. they'd be like dying every time they went swimming. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there isn't a peacock, which is kind of... They could do a peacock Pokemon. Um, it's just, you know... They, they, I mean, it would obviously be probably a flying type. It's always birds. Um, but yeah, there's there's some animals, though, that it took them a long time to get to them. What about a sloth? There is a sloth, yes. There is uh, Slackoth, who becomes a Vigoroth and then turns into a Slacking. So, yeah, those are all uh, sloth Pokemon. This is really becoming a Pokemon heavy. That also looks like the gorilla one that you were taught probably. Yeah, it is slightly reminiscent of the gorilla. But there are also other apes and monkeys. There are a ton of apes and monkeys. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. You've you've educated me on the Pokemans. Yeah. I know none of this. (laughs) I could care little. But uh, now I know more. Uh, you know you're interested in it. Swordfish. Um, no swordfish, I win. Well, really, the internet wins. Swordfish. Sabertooth Tiger. Hyena. Yes, there has been a Sabertooth Tiger. That is Raikou, a legendary electric-type Pokemon. Okay, Tiger. Um, 
there hasn't been a traditional Tiger yet, but my theory is that the starter of this generation game, Litten, who is the fire type, has the markings of, like, a Tiger. I think it's going to transform into a big fire dart type Tiger Pokemon. There's no Dire Wolf. No Dire... Oh, come on. <laughs> Let's not get Dire Wolves in here. Jeez. Anywho, we're, get, we're getting really close to the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, and we can't spend it talking about Pokemon. Maybe we'll have another podcast talking about that stuff. Um, but before we go, let me just drop this on you because oh, this is uh, okay. yeah, 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 just yeah. been announced damn, recently. Damn, 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 damn. I'm ready. I'm getting pumped. Here we go. Chinese, and I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, Chinese company Shanghai Minghuan has just made a big investment, and they are going to make a live-action film based on Ichiro Oda's One Piece manga series. Whoa. There is going to be a live-action One Piece movie. Now, what's funny about it is they've apparently already gotten the actors for some of the roles. Um, One of them is going to be playing Luffy, obviously, but the other character that they've casted is for a One Piece character that is so new, we've only seen them for about a month. Maybe they're just going to have the balls and just pick it up right on the current arc. That character is going to be Pudding from the current arc of One Piece in the Big Mom arc. They cast Pudding? They've casted Pudding, a character who has not appeared in the series until 800-plus chapters. (laughs) And uh, has blonde hair. And has blonde or whatever the fuck her hair color is. I don't know. All I know is, what the fuck is going on? They're going to cash in. Yeah, they're trying to cash in, but they got the rights to it. Let's think about that for a second. A Chinese company has gotten the rights to a Japanese manga. How often does a Chinese company just ask and get the rights regularly instead of just creating a cheap ripoff. Uh, that's the first thing I was like, I'm amazed that Chinese company took the time to go get the rights. Yeah. You know? Because they're releasing a brand new mobile game right now, which is a carbon copy of uh, Overwatch. Oh, and really? the character designs. And of course, since it's China, they're like, oh no, we made this. This is our own thing. We created it from the ground up. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bullshit. And that's why when I was reading this article, I was like, is this real? Is this really happening? And I heard about it because one of our commenters mentioned on one of our YouTube videos about it. I'm like, no fucking way. There's no way this is happening. How could this possibly happen? A live-action One Piece movie and one that's utilizing characters that have barely even been used in the series? This makes no damn sense. I have no idea like how this is actually going down, but it's happening, man. They even said Dragon Ball Z is going to get one. Where did you hear that? Is uh, this recent? On... Yeah. No, it came out March 25th. Okay, I don't believe that shit. Because there there have been no fanfare behind any of that stuff yet. But uh, here, I'm looking at another article right now for the One Piece live-action movie. Uh, if my page now, will decide to load here. The internet just ate it. Yeah, it just destroyed it all, but... Well, at least they got pudding. You know, that's they got one one thing off the checklist to do. Because <laughs> if we wanted a live-action One Piece movie, we would want this character pudding to be involved. What the fuck is going on? I just think that uh, it would be better if they just picked up where they're at now and just go for it. That's terrible. <laughs> this is all turning into a really bad idea. Just go for it, guys. Just One Piece is not going to translate to live-action well at all. Have you seen what those characters look like? Yeah. Have you seen how disproportionate their bodies are? Did you know the clouds have faces? The cloud, the hills have eyes in One Piece, man. <laughs> the clouds have faces, too. Uh, but yeah, like I said, this news is is like brand spanking new. It's only been known for a couple of hours now. I almost thought it was a joke at first, but 
the uh, the company purchased the copyright from the creator Oda for 1.6 billion yen. That's about 15 million dollars US. That's all it costs. I know. Isn't that weird? That's all that shit You'd cost? You'd think this would cost so much more considering that Oda is one of the most successful. I thought like, at least 50 million. Yeah. You know? More buy. than that. I mean, one piece what is they buy? You, you know what they bought Marvel for? What's that? Like 3.4 billion even before they had made a movie. That's scary. Maybe but, I'm wrong, but at least it was a billion dollars. But uh, here, here's a, another image I found. Um, they're not in costume or anything. It just so happens that he's wearing a hat and this chick has the same hairstyle as uh, uh, I don't <laughs> care. Luffy will be played no! by Japanese actor Masakata Kubota, who also uh, played Kubota. the role of he also played the role of Light in the uh, live action Death Note films. I'm trying to care and I can't. Ah, this is too bad. <laughs> and then uh, of course um, we have Pudding, who's going to be played by Chinese idol. Uh, girl group GN48's Z... Oh, my God. I can't even pronounce <laughs> her name. Like, Try not to go racist. Her name, go starts, with, her name starts with an X. <laughs> Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> so, Professor Xavier is playing Pudding, and some random dude who played in the Death Note movies is going to be playing Luffy. I just... What the fuck is going on? Please stop trying to make these live-action anime movies. They don't work. They showed off an image of the dude who's playing Edward Elric in the new live-action Full Metal Alchemist. It just looks like someone you see at a cosplay convention. But his costume is going to be way better. <sighs> and on that note, guys, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up this show right here. Um, thank you for joining us again uh, for the Powerful Nerdcast. Before I wrap up everything, I just want to take a moment and thank Rogue Intel. Rogue Intel allows us to make this amazing show for you guys, so make sure to check out all the other cool shows at RogueIntel.com. And if you want to help keep the network going, make sure to head over to RogueIntel.com slash Amazon for all your shopping needs. If you want to pre-order any of these brand new games from E3 or any cool manga or anime that's coming out, make sure to do that through our Amazon link. It's not going to cost you any extra, and a portion of your total will go towards the Rogue Intel network. Don't be bitches. Help us out. Yeah. <laughs> if you like the show, give a dollar. I mean, how many have you guys listened to for free? <laughs> we need about tree fitty. We need about tree fitty. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. We do really appreciate you guys listening. Without you guys listening, we'd just be people sitting in a room talking into microphones for no reason. So you give us purpose. You give us a reason to get up in the morning. So thank you for that. And until next time, the Powerful Nerdcast is out.